When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Week 12 in the NFL, Saints fans. We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak gearing up for a Sunday afternoon in San Francisco uh, against the tough Niners team we just saw decimate the Cardinals on Monday Night Football, but the good news is at least we are coming off of a win with some glimmer of hope, Jeff, that this team can maybe, just maybe, put together a win streak. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we'd been waiting two weeks to see a winning football team, and we got one. Part of that was because the Rams were just bad, and going back through the film, it's you, you could see that. The Rams are just not a very good football team, but again, you have to be able to win those games. And in order for the Saints to still pretend that this season has a chance, they had to win that game, and they did. So we're going to get into more from that game. I was able to go through a good bit of the film. We're going to talk about the offensive line, which I thought held up about as well as you could have hoped in a matchup against Aaron Donald. We're going to talk about some of the things they did against Aaron Donald in that game. We're also going to dive into more from Caden Ellis. We got a chance to talk to him on Monday. We're going to give you that full interview in the second segment or at least a slightly abridged version of it. And then the final segment, I want to get into some of the futures opportunities for Saints betters, which <laughs> if you're one of those few optimistic people, <laughs> you can make some money if you don't mind losing some money. So we'll get into some of those some of those odds highlighted by the only real chance the Saints player has. And Chris Olave is the rookie of the year. We're going to look into you know what are his actual chances and who is he competing with for that award. But First off, I want to go through a vocabulary lesson um, because, Steve, you use the word decimated a lot. Do you know what decimated actually means? I would say that, you know, completely destroyed. Realistically, that's how it's used. That is not what it means. Decimate means to reduce something by, you know, a multiple of 10. That is the the definition? Yes, or you could you could use it more casually as something that is usually this is missing a significant percentage of it. So you could say injuries have decimated the Saints offensive line, but the 49ers could not have decimated the Cardinals unless they literally just killed 10% of their team. Does that make sense? Well, they, they decimated them on the scoreboard. Would that work or no? No, no. Because you have to be reducing something. That That's – this doesn't even need to be in the podcast, but like you hear that, that's a word that gets used in sports terminology a lot. And it's kind of taken on a new life 
in terms of how it's used. But realistically speaking, like grammatically speaking, yeah. it can only be used accurately if you have reduced a number. So like, you know, if you're, if you're at war and one yeah, army yeah. Like kills 10% of the other army, they decimated that army. So yeah, but, if, they were knocking, if they were knocking players out the game, then you could say they decimated them. Yeah, or like injuries of just anyway. That, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not even an aside that I'll probably put in the podcast, but it's just <laughs> nah, it uh, I get dirty about words. That that's a word that always gets used in sports for some reason because it sounds it sounds like you know like destruction, decimate. Yeah. It, but it's really it's really a numbers thing. Fun fact. It's good to know. Yeah. Uh, everyone just turned off turned off the podcast halfway through that, and they're just like, I'm never listening to that asshole again. <laughs> whatever mr mr the definition of mr oxford dictionary over here <laughs> anyway so we're here to talk about the saints you know one thing that i think everyone expected going into that game a 27 20 win by the saints over the rams was for the saints to really struggle to block aaron donald definitely and i don't think they did i think they had a really good plan going in and that plan was he is not going one-on-one ever Ever. <laughs> he will not be one-on-one in this game. If we get beat one-on-one by any of the other four guys, fine. But we are not going to allow Aaron Donald to be the guy that wrecks this game. And when you go through the film, like you, you watch play after play after play, where he just has two big bodies just on either side of him. And you just make do with the other with the, the rest of the rush. Like the first Saints drive that ended in a field goal, yeah. That wasn't Aaron Donald that wrecked that drive. That was Josh Andrews missing a block on Greg Gaines, right? And part of the reason you're one-on-one with Josh Andrews on Greg Gaines is because you are devoting multiple blockers to Aaron Donald. There was one point in that game, I think it was a third and six. It was a play that Andy Dalton checked down Alvin Kamara. And uh, they just, they had three three pass rushers on one side and then they had Aaron Donald in a wide split on the other side. He was like 15 feet removed from any other pass rusher. And it was like an isolation play in basketball. Like, oh, you want to double team me? You're going to have to come all the way over here to do it. And that means you have one-on-one with the other three pass rushers. And, you know, they the Saints still just got it out fast because they were like, okay, he's still going to beat Landon Young over there. <laughs> it was just really interesting. I think they had a really good plan going in, and it worked. Yeah, that was definitely a huge concern going in just because you're down, you know, three of your five starters. I mean, Andrews Pete was still a question mark where he was active for the game, but didn't end up suiting. He was suited up, but he didn't end up coming in and playing at all. And so, yeah, kudos to the, the game plan and to the the bodies filling in who, you know, managed to uh, – you didn't completely stop him, but you definitely neutralized him enough where he wasn't taking over the game, and that was a huge factor, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he had three hurries, no sacks, two QB hits. You know, he's going to have an impact, and <laughs> – He's part of the reason that Alvin Kamara had such a difficult day running the ball. Like, so on a lot of these Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara sets where, you know, you're, you're trying to read the backside, you, you see a lot of like, oh, the, the Alvin Kamara run didn't work. So people are complaining, well, why didn't Taysom keep it? Well, it's actually not that difficult of a read. Basically, he is holding that ball out. He was looking to see if there is a defender covering the outside zone on the back end. And if they are, he's giving it to Alvin. If they're not, he's keeping it. It really is that simple. Like it's not whether he thinks, oh, I can beat this guy to the edge. If he's there, you're handing it off. If he's not there, you are keeping it. But it's funny because like there were instances where there is a defender there, but it's not Aaron Donald. (laughs) And and handing it to Alvin and going the opposite direction means that you are running right into the face of Aaron Donald. 
and that's part of the reason that play really didn't work that well because they did keep an edge defender on the backside. And then Alvin was just trying to like, you're asking Cesar Ruiz and Ryan Ramchick to hold up against Aaron Donald. It's just not working. But I do think that they had a really good design to kind of get away from Aaron Donald in that game. And it's a similar design that you would have seen back when they would play the Texans, I think. I think it was the 2019 opener. They faced the Texans and they did the same thing to J.J. Watt. And it's like, okay, you're just trying to keep the action away from him as much as possible. And we had Doug Marone, Saints offensive line coach, talking to Mike Haas on WWL yesterday. And this is what he had to say. What was kind of the plan to, 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 to handle and, and chip Aaron Donald? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot that went into it. I think, you know, like you said, they they do a good job, and you know, I, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been going against this player since he was in college. You know, I, I when I was head coach of Syracuse, and he was at Pitt, and you know, really have uh, a ton of respect for for Aaron, and uh, you know, pretty much probably, I mean, you know, we've all been around a long time, and there's been a lot of great players, but. You talk about someone that, that can change the game. You know, the first person that always comes to my mind is Lawrence Taylor. And then, you know, recently now you look at someone like Aaron Donald. So, you know, we wanted that, you know, we were going to at least get, you know, try to get, you know, two linemen going to his side, trying to get uh, the tackle to be able to hang in there, you know, so this way you don't give him a lot of room. He's a player that, you know, if you create any type of space, um, he's going to take advantage of that and win. So, you know, basically we were looking to do – you know, a couple of different things on how to try to take that space away. And uh, whether it be, you know, helping the tackle or the tackle could stay in there and help the guard, you know, whether we have, you know, whether we put it back in there, that was just going to um, not have any protection um, assignment, except just to make sure that, you know, we were going to be able to put him back on the guard. Uh, we were looking at things and and being able to slide because, you know, when you, when they, you play a player that has, multiple positions you're going to have to you know have some multiple plans because you really can't predict where he's going to line up and you know a couple of times you know we were we were fortunate we were able to get two two linemen on him um when he went out there and and it worked out it worked out well and you know i think a lot of credit goes to you know goes to really zach and um you know putting that plan together for us yeah and i think shout out zach's saying a lot of what of what you know we were talking about is you're just trying not to make you're trying to make sure he doesn't have any space to work with and how you know the saints plan was going well is like i had mentioned these were this was like one of the alignments you saw aaron donald set up in like <laughs> look at how much space there is between the between the you know the right defensive tackle and the right defensive end which is aaron donald like no one else do you line up like that and say, yeah, they're not going to, they're still not going to try to run it there. You know, like if, if any, if that's anybody else, you're checking into a run and you're saying, okay, <laughs> you're going to give us that gigantic hole. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to run it on third and six. And we're going to, we're going to get a first down on third and six. <laughs> uh, in this case, it's like, oh wait, yeah, we're not running third and Aaron Donald. So you end up checking it down to Alvin Kamara and you actually don't convert this play. So it's just, it really is fascinating just how much impact him being on the field at all has on how you are operating as an offense. But again, the Saints did enough in this game to stop him from wrecking it. And if you went in saying, okay, that's going to be the case, I think you felt a lot better about the Saints' chances to win this game, and that's pretty much what you saw. Yeah, I mean, the running combo of Taysom and Kamara did pretty good. I I know on his own, though, I think Kamara was only like three-something 
yards per carry, but he finished with, I think, a total of 89 yards on the day, rushing and receiving. Uh, just wishing AK could get in the end zone, obviously, more. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Saints really didn't get deep in the red zone a lot in this game. Like, they didn't have a lot of goal goal line opportunities to be able no. to run the ball in. So that, you know, that obviously makes it a little more difficult for a running back because you're not scoring from that far out, typically, as a running back. But, yeah, I, I think... For Alvin, it's more about you just have to maintain the dedication to get him the ball. It's the same thing with with Taysom. You just have to make sure that you don't get discouraged early in the game because it's not working right away. Because like the worst thing you can do against a team that you are worried about the pass rush and the way the Rams make you worry uh, is to become one-dimensional and to allow them to sit back and just say, okay, we're just going to rush the passer on this play. And uh, they, the Saints, because I mean, they, they didn't run for that many yards. I think they ran for 94 yards in the game, but they, and they did it on, you know, 20 some odd carries. Like it was not hyper efficient, but they made sure that the Rams had to account for it. And it got more effective as the game went on. If you, and if you can, if you have any chance to beat the 49ers this coming week, who have a very similar player, you know, as similar as you can be, like, I don't know if there is a similar player to Aaron Donald, but Nick Bosa does a lot of the same things as Aaron Donald. He'll rush inside, he'll rush outside. He's a really good run stopper. He can get to the quarterback. So you're going to have to do a lot of the same things this week that you did uh, against the Rams if you have a chance to win that game, which watching that 49ers team play uh, against the Cardinals team that the Saints have faced and struggled against, admittedly with Colt McCoy at quarterback. So that's, that is a major difference. But that 49ers team, especially on offense, that does not look like a team the Saints are going to be able to handle. I will say, though, early on in that, I thought McCoy was doing some decent things in the short passing game, was able to be a little bit efficient. But as that game wore on, it was just totally outmatched. And I'm just impressed with, you know, the amount of weapons on that Niners squad. Right. And I know, you know, they just added Christian McCaffrey. I, I even forgot about a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who showed up with two touchdown day. Uh, Greg Kittle had a big outing. George. George Kittle, Greg Kittle, same difference. Skittles, you know. No, I mean every all the weapons, all the weapons worked in that game. Like that's the yeah. scary thing. And we're going to talk a lot more about the 49ers in the the Friday episode. And we're going to get into our preview. But like, you look at okay, who are the weapons on this team? George Kittle, obviously, tight end. He catches a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver. He's probably the only wide receiver that really scares you in the traditional sense. Yeah, catches two touchdowns. Debo Samuel, also kind of a wide receiver hybrid. You know, whatever you want to call him, he he runs the ball in for a touchdown on a reverse. And then, you know, Christian McCaffrey is catching passes. He's doing his thing. And, and in the first half, it was basically the Christian McCaffrey half. And then in the second half, they bring a, a starting running back off the bench effectively. He had one touch. He, that's Eli Mitchell, former uh, UL Raging Cajun Eli Mitchell, who looked really good. And he came in the second half and it was like, they were talking at halftime, I'm like, wow, I don't know why they haven't gotten Eli Mitchell involved. Is he in the doghouse? Is he is he maybe hurt or you know? But no, no. I think this is a team that understands we have two RB ones, and if we rest one in the first half and don't have to overwork him, he's going to come in the second half and go against the defense that has been run all over the field, and he's he's going to look fresh. And that's what happened. Like he got in and he just started ripping off four, five, six yard runs. And so I just for the Saints. They, the offense looked good in this game against the Rams. Like they were able to move the ball. They were able to be consistent. They scored two out of three times in the red zone, which is important, at least touchdowns, I mean. They should have been three for three. Taysom Hill had Jarvis wide open on that little sprint out on that first drive that ended in a field goal. 
And he just, for whatever reason, didn't throw the ball. I don't know if he didn't spot him right away. Maybe he missed, maybe he like had a, a hard time getting his hand back on the ball because he, he pulled it down to kind of sell the run. And then he had to get it reset. Maybe that took him a little extra second to do that. And by the time he threw it, the defense was able to react and almost intercepted it. It should have been a touchdown. But the Saints will need to be efficient and score when they have opportunities to beat this 49ers team because especially with all of the injuries you were dealing with on the defensive side of the ball for the Saints, I mean, you cannot hope that this that this defense can go out to San Francisco and hold that team under 28 points. Like, you're going to have to score 30 to win this game, I think. Yeah, and you just mentioned before with the, you know, bringing in Elijah Mitchell in that second half, the the Niners got rid of Jeff Wilson, to, I guess, to make room to to allow Elijah Mitchell to get more carries because, uh, man, they're, they're pretty stocked at running back. Well, I mean, Elijah Mitchell was going to be the starter. Yeah, but he I'm wasn't... just saying, like, a, another complimentary piece, like Jeff Wilson just dealt away. Yeah, but, I mean, Eli Mitchell was hurt for the first eight weeks. Yeah. They traded Jeff Jeff Wilson because they weren't going to use him. Right. Mitchell was coming back. I get, I get yeah. that. This team wants to use Eli Mitchell. That's why it was weird that you see him not involved at all, and you would have expected them to have more kind of a two-back set. But that's really not how they did it. They basically said, okay – Christian's going to get the first half and Eli's going to get the second half. And I don't know if that's how they're going to operate every week, but that's definitely how they were operating in this game. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they do similar things against the saints, but either way, I don't know what you, what you try to stop, right? You talk about, you know, the bill Belichick thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to take away your best player and force you to beat me doing what you, you know, play left-handed, right? Like what is their left hand? Like, I don't know. Like you, you take away Christian McCaffrey. It's like, okay, yeah. Debo, right. And Kittle. Right. And Ayuk, you take away Kittle. It's like, okay, fine. We'll give it to Christian McCaffrey, right? It, it's 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 got to be a frustrating team to try to game plan against. Definitely, and you you know, to me at least, I think of 49ers, I think a defense uh, just really impressed all around with what they were able to do. And Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> benefiting from all that now, looking a lot more at ease at quarterback. And did you happen to see the you know everyone trolling poor Colt McCoy? They had the video of Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy GQ walking into the stadium pregame, and then they panned to a shot of Colt McCoy walking in. They were calling him Colt McColes, basically. You know, Coles, the, uh, the, I guess you would call it like a Target or Walmart kind of store, store? Com- compared to a Jimmy GQ. I, I tweeted this at one point, which was like, Colt McCoy looked very much like a guy who expected to be carrying a clipboard and he would <laughs> like to be carrying a clipboard right now. Like he was getting beat up in that game. You yeah. felt bad for him. Like he, he's not supposed to be in that situation. You know, it's, it's like, it, it, it it's not that dissimilar to the saints right now, to be honest <laughs> with, with Andy Dalton uh, who signed on to be a backup. And now he's trying to make it work behind three backup offensive linemen. But yeah, I mean, Colt McCoy, the difference is obviously Andy Dalton even if people don't want to admit it was a pro bowl quarterback earlier in his career. Like he had seasons where he was a star. Colt McCoy was never that, you know? So like even, even at his top end at his top end uh, gear, he was not, he's not the guy you expected to, to go out there and win those games, but he yeah, actually does have a good credit. record he, as a starter. So, and you can give Dalton credit. He was a star in Cincinnati when Cincinnati didn't have, you know, all those weapons around him. I mean, he had no, AJ I mean, Green. He had AJ Green. Yeah. He had like peak AJ Green, which <laughs> who was now on Arizona. No, yeah, it's on Arizona. Who was catching passes from, from Colt McCoy Colt last McCoy. night. Yeah. Right. 
I didn't um, even know that. I didn't even know AJ Green still existed. Yeah, he's out there. He's out there. And, you know, I I've had this argument with people like when when they went to Andy Dahl and it was like people call him like a career backup, and I was like, no, no right. he's not. He was really good for like his entire career in Cincinnati. Like the last four or five seasons, he fell off and the team fell off. But he was a Pro Bowl quarterback for like, you know, a solid eight years. Like he made the Pro Bowl twice. He threw for over 4,000 yards multiple times. He made the playoffs multiple times. He just, I don't think he ever was that top end quarterback that, you know, he was like kind of like, like Joe Flacco was never great. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, you know, like that sort of thing. But yeah, either way. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for Dalton, obviously Cincinnati ends up with the top overall pick and you get a guy like, Joe Burrow coming in, so he was shipped out. And now, yeah, like you said, suddenly because he goes to Chicago, he goes to Dallas, he's viewed as his backup quarterback. But that's far from the, the far from his situation and his career. Yeah, no, and I, I've been impressed with Andy. And in terms of like, I would have guessed that his career was over. You know, like like Joe Flacco goes into games and you're just like, no, this team doesn't have a chance to win. Although you know Jets are Jets fans are now calling for Flacco over the whole fiasco that they've been going through, so who knows what's going on with the Jets? They saw that they saw Andy Dalton slinging it against the Rams, and they were like, "We want that. <laughs> we want we want Joe Broadway Joe." Yeah, I mean the the situation at quarterback hasn't been ideal this year, and I think that's going to be obviously something we'll be talking about in postseason. Uh, podcast when we're talking about the Saints gearing up for 2023. Yeah. You know, so one other thing that we, that I want to talk about before we move on here is um, Josh Andrews, who I think it was interesting to see the Saints go with him at center and not Cesar Ruiz, but it does make sense because as we've mentioned, you want to keep Cesar at his natural position so that you have as few people playing out of position as possible. And, and that's what we saw. I thought he obviously had that one really rough rep against Greg Gaines that really torpedoed that drive. Although Taysom should have hit Jarvis Landy for a touchdown on the first down play. So that play should have never happened. But that's kind of the consequence of missing those those opportunities is, okay, yeah, now you're asking Josh Andrews to block again and he's not going to hold up. Taysom gets sacked on third down, you're kicking a field goal. But I did think that he looked a lot more comfortable. So I wanted to ask Ryan Ramchek about that when we talked to him on Monday. Here's what he had to say. Now, obviously, with Eric out, those are big shoes to fill for anybody. You know, did you see Josh get a little more comfortable in week two in that starting role at center? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think, um, you know, I think he did a good job stepping up first week. But, yeah, I think he may may have been a little bit more comfortable this week. Um, you know, we were at home, which, which obviously helped a little bit too. Um, but I think he did a good job. I think he's – you know, he's a smart player, um, and, uh, you know, I thought, you know, he played with confidence and, and, and did a good job. Yeah, I think one thing that you take for granted until it goes away is, like, there was no bad snaps. You didn't see any fumbled exchanges from the center to the quarterback. And anytime you switch players, there's a lot of, like, like finicky things that change in that QB center exchange. And, you know, it's good to see that it's that it's not, especially because he has to have it with two players, right? He has to do it with Andy and Taysom. That's not that easy of a situation. You didn't see any bad snaps, nothing went over Andy's head, anybody's head. So obviously there's going to be struggle points. And you saw that with that with that sack allowed. But I think all things considered, you have held up pretty well at center. And, you know, you got to give got to give Josh credit for that. And huge credit because you talk to him and he's a guy that was his second start at center ever. He'd been a guard for his entire career. So that's another impressive thing. 
Last game, the game before that was his first start at center, and this was his second ever. Pretty impressive for a guy that's – he's been in the NFL for a little bit, but has really just been a guard. I mean, he has played center in his career. He may not have oh, started at started. center. Right. Yeah, but he, he has played center. He, he was the only other player on the roster that had taken snaps at center in his career. So, you know, take that for what it is. That doesn't mean he, he's suddenly a qualified center, but he at least had played the position. Other, I mean, obviously, other than Cesar Ruiz. But yeah, no, he, he, he's going to be someone you watch. You know, I don't know if he's going to be able to continue to hold up, but you're going to see him, assuming health for probably the next two weeks at least because Eric McCoy's on injured reserve and he's not he's not coming to the rescue until after the bye at best. So, you know, hopefully he can keep it going um, under center for the Saints. No, and that's such a huge position that I think gets not talked about enough is having a quality center in the NFL, obviously. Yeah, you, you don't you talk know, about him until they start screwing up. Exactly, kind of like a kicker. Yeah, and, you know, I think he has struggled a little in the run game too and we, you never talk about that quite as much. Because it's like if you you need to be able to pass protect before you before I start worrying about run blocking. Um, so that's kind of the next step for him. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk more about Caden Ellis, who you know has been a star the last two weeks. Not just good, he's been a star. We're gonna hear from him. Uh, he talked to the media this week. So stick around on Inside Black and Gold.